The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for what you need to know to take your first step or your next step in building your financial independence by investing in real estate. And tonight we are talking about a topic that everybody wants to know about. It's perhaps the biggest source of questions that uh, we get here on real life real estate. And so I guess about time we tackled it as an entire program. The topic is seller financing. And what we are, uh, the, the, the person who is here to help me with this extremely important topic is Mr. Joe McCall. Joe is Known to most folks as an expert in flipping pretty houses, he did start his real estate investing career uh, in wholesaling and so has lots of different experiences uh, talking to lots of different sellers over a long period of time. And he is joining us from his home in Missouri. Joe, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, Vina. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being on, Joe. Um, again, this is this is something that, I mean, let's, let's face it, it's kind of fundamental to what we do because, you know, you can be an expert in whatever, wholesaling or short sales or pretty houses or whatever you like. And if you don't have yeah. a seller to talk to, what good does any of that <laughs> do you <laughs> right well I, I like to say you know we're not in the real estate business we're in the marketing business mm -hmm. and it's all about marketing leads are the lifeblood of your business mm -hmm. and if you don't have sellers to talk to who want to sell their house um then you're not going to get very far mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Very, very true. And uh, I want to give listeners our contact information because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions about what we're discussing today. Uh, if you are here in the greater Cincinnati area, you can call us locally at 772-9658. If you're listening to us from any place else in the United States, call us at 877-772-9658. Or you can go to askvina.com and fill out the uh, questionnaire there, and it says it says Ask Vina question. And fill that out, and it'll it'll ask you where you're from, and so say where you're from, and hit the send button, and it will get right here to uh, my inbox. So that's eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or go to askvina.com to ask your questions now. 
Joe, um, you're actually, people will recognize your name because you're actually speaking at the upcoming National News Strategy Summit here in Cincinnati on November 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. And uh, I know you're going to be spending part of your presentation talking about marketing and then part of your presentation talking about what what you do, which is uh, basically wholesaling pretty houses, <laughs> to, yeah. not, not to put too fine a point on it, but the the kinds of the kinds of seller marketing that you that that you do and that we're going to talk about um are there are there some that that uh, let, let me say it a different way do you do you recommend that people target their seller marketing depending on the kind of property they're looking for for their exit strategy or is it more of a one size fits all thing well that's a good question um you know i i always say you can only sell homes people want to buy and <laughs> If you are trying to sell a house in a rundown neighborhood, you're going to have a hard time. Maybe those kinds of homes are better for rentals, for landlords. So you need to know what your end game is. Um, and I like having multiple exit strategies when I'm looking at a deal or when I'm evaluating a deal. Um, when I when a seller responds to my marketing, and typically I only target the nicer areas, the bread and butter neighborhoods, the median income neighborhoods. Um, and in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm at right now, and I, I bet you it's pretty close to what you see there in Ohio. Um, you know, median priced home is $125,000 to $150,000. And that's where the sweet spot is. If you look at a bell curve of all the homes that have sold in the last year, that's where the majority of the homes have sold right there in that price range. That's the good first time home buyers area. So, those, I like those areas the best because when you are looking at a property, you can have multiple exit strategies. You can maybe keep it and rent it. You can maybe sell it with owner financing, or maybe you could sell it to, um, you know, sell it on the MLS, fix it up and, and sell it to a retail buyer. So it's important to be in a good neighborhood that gives you different opportunities. If you're in a really wealthy neighborhood, you only have one exit strategy, really. And that's to fix it up and sell it. If you're in a really uh, cheap neighborhood, low-end neighborhood, your only strategy really is to keep it and rent it, which may be fine, but I like having multiple exit strategies. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, absolutely. And most of the most of the successful full-time real estate investors I know who do a lot of deals and um, do it consistently over time, as you said, they consider themselves deal finders. And then when we find yeah. the deal, we'll figure out what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um but 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 again the key is finding the deals and there there are so many things that are promoted out there as being the best way to find motivated sellers of properties you know direct mail um bandit signs uh bus benches you know there's there's uh, internet there's there's all sorts of things out there that uh that folks talk about what are your favorites well I have I have several favorites, but I think what's more important to ask yourself is before you get into the strategies, and, and, and we didn't talk about this, Vina, but I think it's important to look at how many leads do you need to get a month? Okay, so a lot of people say, I want to make $10,000 a month in real estate. Um, and let's just focus on the wholesaling strategy. And I have a whiteboard here in my office. I'm going to kind of write some numbers down here, and it might help be helpful if people do this too. So let's say you want to make $10,000 a month mm -hmm. in just using nice round number. 
and let's say your average profit is $5,000 per wholesale flip per property that you wholesale, that means you need to do two deals a month. So before I go into marketing strategy, I want to know my numbers. Like how many sellers do I need to talk to to make, to do two deals a month, an average profit of five grand for monthly gross revenue of 10 grand. Now these are nice, nice big round numbers. Um, but these are, these numbers aren't, you can't control that. We need to break down this into things that we can control. So, you know, let's say I have to sell two deals a month. Well, let's say I only sell maybe 75% of the homes I get under contract, or maybe, you know, a certain number of them take a few months to sell. So I need to get, let's just say three contracts a month. Okay. I need three contracts a month. And let's say I have to talk to 40 sellers to get one contract. So I take three times 40. And that means I have to talk to 120 sellers every month. That's 120 leads I need every month. And if you divide that by um, 30, what is that? It's uh, four a day, right? Mm-hmm. So I need four leads a day. Now we're getting closer to something that to leads that you can to, to, to a marketing plan that you can control. You need four leads a day. Well, let's say half of your leads come from postcards. And this is where we get into the details of what you want to send. So you need 60 leads. Do you have a calculator with you, Vina? <laughs> I have a computer. I can, I can open okay. up the calculator. Well, I'll, I'll never try had to do this on the radio before. Just let me say <laughs> <laughs> the first. All right. So let's say you need 60 leads from postcards a month. Okay, postcards are real simple to send, and and uh, and if your average response rate, let's say, is three percent, you take sixty divided by point oh three. I'm That's gonna hop 2, over to my computer. Okay, <laughs> two thousand. Good, thank you. So you need to send about two thousand postcards a month. Well, you divide that by four. I like sending postcards every week, so it's kind of spread it out over the month, right? Mm-hmm. That means I need to send out four hundred. I mean, sorry, five hundred postcards a week. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's say the let's just be um, keep this simple. I one of my favorite forms of marketing is Craigslist, and I'm not talking about posting ads on Craigslist. I'm talking about contacting people who have their houses listed for rent or for sale by owner on Craigslist and asking them if, like, if it's a rental, I'll say, "Hey, I saw your rental property on Craigslist. Um, you wouldn't have any interest in selling it, would you?" and uh, and if it's a for sale by owner, I'll call him and ask him, hey, I'm an investor. Is your price negotiable? So I'm you know, throwing out a bunch of lines out in the water and just seeing the few that nibble and bite, and then I talk to them. So let's say I need to get 60 leads a month from Craigslist. I can get an average response rate of, of about 7%. So what's 60 divided by 0.07? <laughs> I gotta clear out the former. Okay, sixty, 60. over point oh seven equals eight hundred and fifty seven. Yeah. Okay. That means I need to contact eight hundred and fifty seven sellers or landlords per month. All right. And then if you divide eight fifty seven by four, I'm doing that right here to two hundred fourteen. No, I'm sorry. Two fourteen a week. Two fourteen a week. Two fourteen a week. Okay. Yeah. And then how many would that be a day? Uh, you're going to take Sunday off? Yeah, yeah. 35 a day. <laughs> 35 a day. Okay, good. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. There's three numbers here 
those are things that I can control. I need to talk to four sellers a day. Well, how am I going to do that? I need to send 500 postcards a week, and I need to contact 35 sellers every day in Craigslist. Now, you can break that down into other strategies, and, and I can talk about that in a minute, but you need to have at least four strategies for marketing for sellers. And um, it could be as simple as, you know, sending 500 postcards a week and contacting 35 sellers a day in Craigslist. Um, landlords, it could also be um, one of the favorite things I like to do right now is sending. Um, uh, well, I was going to save this for the convention, but uh, I'll go ahead and say it now. One, this is, I'm not kidding, Vina, this is getting a 20% response rate right now, which is phenomenal for direct mail. But I'm sending direct mail to people who have their houses listed for rent in Zillow. I'm finding the properties that are in Zillow for rent, and I'm pulling up the owner's address, and I'm sending them a letter, a handwritten yellow letter. Think about it. These homes are vacant. They've probably been vacant for two or three months. It took them a month or two to kick the tenant out. It took them another month to clean the place up, and now they're advertising it for rent. So these are vacant homes. Mm-hmm. So I'll have four different things that I'm doing, and I also like to call realtors and property managers. So in my marketing plan, I try to send about 1,000 postcards a week. I try to contact 40 Craigslist ads a day. I like to call about um, five property managers a week. And I like to send about 20 yellow letters a day to landlords of properties that are listed for rent right now. So then there I have it right there. I have my marketing plan written out. And if I'm doing that consistently every day, I mean, it's amazing. It's like it takes it's like a giant snowball and you get that momentum going. And pretty soon you're getting so many leads. You don't know what to do with all of them. And then you can just cherry pick the best leads that come in and it becomes easy at that point. That's why I'm saying this business is all about marketing. And if you can, if you're doing the right kind of marketing to the right kind of homes, then um, it makes, it makes this business uh, so much easier. Mm-hmm. Did that kind of, did those numbers kind of help? Yes. And, and in fact, as soon as we get back from the break, I want to discuss those a little bit more. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about seller marketing with Joe McCall. You can give us a call with your questions at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area at 877-772-9658. Uh, any place in the country. Or you can go to our website at askvina.com and send in your questions. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Joe McCall, who uh, does a lot of lease option assignments with pretty houses, but uh, is also an expert, as, <laughs> as many of us have to be, on uh, seller marketing. And that's what we are discussing today. And uh, we went through some math prior to the break, which is always very interesting on the radio to try to do. But (laughs) the the bottom line, I know we need to, you know, do a Howard Stern thing with a camera here in the studio and we can hold up placards that say, you know, um, but then I have to dress up to come to the studio and I'm not doing that. So just can that idea right now. The, uh, the, 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 the point there was Joe kind of start uh, kind of uh, beginning with the end in mind and yeah. understanding what your numbers are. 
And one of the questions that that came to my mind as I was listening to that was, what if I am a brand new investor and I don't know what those key performance indicators are? I don't know what kind of response rate I'm going to get from postcard A or postcard B. What? How how do I develop that? Well, that's a good question. Um, there's some general rules of thumbs. I mean, generally with postcards, you get an average of three percent response rate. With yellow letters, you may get eight to ten percent response rate. Um, but, you know, I, I think about that and I was thinking about that during the break too, because it's easy to get overwhelmed and, and you may have like four different types of marketing that you want to do. And one of the most common problems people have is they maybe will be 40% done with one and 60% done with the other, getting them set up and 20% done with one and then 90% done with another one. And really they've got nothing done because there's, they're spread out too thin. They're trying to get everything done all at once. So what I recommend to people is just start with the first thing. Okay, don't worry about the other three or four marketing, but focus on the first one, which is maybe just postcards, okay? Mm-hmm. Get the postcards going out on a regular basis. Once you've got that figure out, now, okay, let's do the next thing. Let's do Craigslist. Let's figure that out. Don't stop, number one, but then go to number two. Okay, and keep on focusing on number two until that's 100% done. And then number three, maybe that's calling five property managers a day. Um, All right, so let's focus on getting that done, figuring out where they are, how to get their phone numbers, and then do that. So if you can just focus on one strategy at a time, and this isn't an exact science. These are round numbers. These are... But just focusing on one at a time, you'll figure it out as you go. I mean, it may be that, um, you know, it may be that you're getting more responses than you had expected with postcards, and you're um, you're getting a ton of leads. The main point here, I guess, Vina, is you've got to have a diversified marketing portfolio, <laughs> um, and you can't just focus on one thing. And you've got to be you got to be make sure that your marketing is consistently going out. And it's it's not it's never stops because a lot of times beginning investors will make the mistake of sending out a bunch of marketing, getting a bunch of calls, getting super busy, and then stopping the marketing while they deal with all of these leads and then deal with these properties and get them under contract and make some money and they're all excited and they wipe the sweat off their brow and then they turn around and there's no more leads coming in. Their pipeline is empty. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, marketing is not like a little light switch that you can just turn on and instantly be, be flooded with leads. It takes time. It takes momentum. Um, so I don't know if I, if I answered your question, but it's important to have a plan. Have it written down what you do every day, every week. And these are goals that you can control. And then just be consistently persistent with getting it done. Mm-hmm. And, and understand and, uh, that, that if you don't if you don't meet the if you don't meet the goals for the outgoing marketing, you're not going to meet the goals for the incoming income. That's they're they're very right. directly related. Exactly, you're, you're exactly right. All right, we need to go to the phones. We're going to talk to Robert, who's on line one from Detroit. Robert, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. Very um, I just want to um, ask Joe, and he may have already just answered my question, but. Uh, for a, a person who is not working, those numbers that you gave originally, you know, I could yeah. see doing that. But for the guy uh, or the gal who uh, has 10 to 15 hours a week or maybe a little less, what percentage of those 
can you give me some numbers that I can associate with with that time frame, or uh, is it just whatever percentage is appropriate for the numbers or for the hours that you have you apply to your marketing? That's a great question, and and if you were only if you were limited um, to the the amount of marketing that you could do because of the availability you had during the day to answer the phones, then obviously you won't you don't want to do everything I just mentioned there. I mean, maybe you you cut it down to 250 postcards a week, um, maybe 20 contact 20 people a day on Craigslist. Um, but I would still suggest doing all four. Just pare it down a little bit um, because it, it, it is difficult to handle. If you're doing a lot of marketing and you don't have much time, you're going to be getting a lot of phone calls. And if you don't have the time to take those calls, then you may need to look at how much marketing that Maybe you should tear that down a little bit, or look at finding some way to look at some, yeah, look, I, look to find some way to automate the the phone answering process so that the incoming calls can be taken by someone else. That's uh, good. Another alternative there. And just right, to, just right. to to get some uh, to add on to that, um, if you're um, um, forget your question there, Robert. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, question just went right out of mind. I have to probably call back because I don't want to take the time. All right. Very good. Thank you for your call, Thank you. Robert. Thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Robert. And if you have a call for, if you have a question for Joe, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send us an email by going to askvina.com. By the way, while you are there, you will notice that there is a form you can fill in to receive Jerry Fink's contractor agreement. Apparently, I was unclear about that last week. I got like eight emails from people saying, I want the con- I want the contractor agreement. I want the contractor agreement. It is at askvina.com. You just have to fill out your name and email address and it will be sent to you. Don't don't send me an email. I don't I don't have it on my computer. So, uh, askvina.com either to get the uh, contractor agreement or to ask your question and uh, we just got a really good question, Joe, from Tara in Wisconsin. She says, why is it that some investors say mailing to absentee owners do- doesn't work? Some say doing bandit signs don't work. Some say looking at MLS or sheriff sale doesn't doesn't work. Yet, when I look at my county assessor site and speak to local investors, they're, all, they're buying deals from all of these sources. <laughs> One wholesaler yeah. only mails absentee owners and has netted over $100,000 in 2013. A couple of others do no mailings or signs. They strictly buy from MLS and sheriff sales and are getting great deals. Why is it that I'm hearing different stories from different people <laughs> great question um, I, I was just talking to uh, a guy who knows a guy um, who does 20 he flips 20 properties a month and all he does is bandit signs um, that's it so it's you know sometimes well that's why I like number one having at least four different marketing strategies that you're doing every month because it may be in some markets Something, some, one, some things work better than others, or it may be that one month your postcards work really well and your Craigslist stuff doesn't. But then the next month, Craigslist works really well, postcards don't, and maybe your yellow letters to rental properties works really well as, as well. So it kind of varies. And um, you got to take everything you hear from these investors with a grain of salt. A lot of people who say that, you know, making offers on the MLS doesn't work anymore. Well, you know, they tried it for a few days or maybe a few weeks, 
and they, you know, threw up their hands and gave up. That happens a lot of times. You know, people, you know, they, these companies come in and they do these big seminars or, or people buy these courses. They get all excited. They start doing a bunch of marketing and then they quit and give up. And, you know, a lot of times it's easier to discourage other people with saying negative things about what's working and what's not, but you got to look at who's saying it. Have they really done enough of it to know what they're talking about? Mm-hmm. And uh, there, Joe, there is just so much subjectivity in our business. Yeah. There, there's no, there's not a set of best practices that we all know work the same way every time. And and there's no there's no statistics. What what do you mean it doesn't work? You mean you mean I only bought two deals off of MLS this year, and so I only made twenty thousand, but my postcards made me fifty thousand. Um, do you mean that uh, I I had a really bad experience with a deal I got off a postcard, and so I have decided that postcards don't work because not because I didn't get the calls, but because I had a bad experience. There's there's so much of that, and it does tend to confuse particularly new investors. If you've been around yeah. a long time and someone says to you, postcards don't work, you have the frame of reference to say, what do you mean they don't work? What what sort of postcard did you send out? To whom did you send it? What was the response rate? You know, Why do you think it doesn't work? But as a new investor, it's easy to hear not just the negative things like that, but also the positive things and get confused because they, you know they, they will uh, new investors will also hear uh, short sales are the best. Uh, pretty houses are the best. Wholesaling's the best. Apartments are the best. And and the people who are saying that all believe it. But yeah. but when you don't have the frame of reference to understand, okay, what do they mean by best? <laughs> what is what is what is mm-hmm. best? Um, it's easy to just get, get paralyzed by a bunch of different people telling you things that seem to be in opposition to each other. And in a sense, they might be all right, but you don't know the right questions to ask. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I would add to that two things here, Vina. Um, number one, there's consistency. Um, there's a real principle of momentum in marketing. The more consistent you are with it and the longer you do it and the more you follow up with customers, the, that momentum starts building. It's really hard at first to get it kind of – it's like a little snowball you're, or a big snowball. And you're trying to push it, and it's really hard to push it first because it's heavy. But once that thing gets going and it starts rolling, it takes very little effort to push it. It almost becomes too hard to stop. And so people quit too early many times, and the marketing, um, they don't give it a chance to start building momentum and to get it going. And to, You know, postcards, I tell people all the time, you're probably not going to get a deal the first batch of letters or postcards you send out. You know, you're probably not going to get an offer accepted on the first, you know, 50 offers that you make on the MLS. It just takes time and persistence with it. The other thing I'd say, the second point I got to say is, is equally as important as marketing is, it's knowing how to talk to sellers. Because you could be doing postcards and getting a bunch of calls, but if you don't know what to say to them, or if you're not confident on the phone, you may not get any deals and you may turn around and say, this doesn't work. Postcards don't work. But somebody who is more experienced who's had more practice takes those same sellers and they could maybe pull out one or two deals from that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it has to do with doing the marketing, getting the leads in, but then also learning how to talk to sellers and what to say to them. And sometimes that comes just with practice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is knowing the right questions to ask them. 
Right. Because if, if I, if the, the next person, and I'm just warning all listeners, the next person who says to me, no, there, none of the sellers in my town yeah. are motivated. <laughs> I'm going, I'm yeah. just warning you, I'm going to slap you because, because <laughs> that, that, that is not true. And, and no seller is, is going to call you and say, um, hi, my name's Fred and I am super duper motivated to sell my house really cheap. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all yeah. going to name a price that's, you know, cause, cause, cause the, the, the question from the investor is always, or the statement from the investor is always, they want, they all want full price and cash. Well, I want full price and cash too. Yeah, that doesn't mean that's what I will take. I might take mm-hmm. something different than that. So, you know, knowing the questions to ask, you know, where, how did you come up with that price? What are you going to do if you can't sell it for that price? How quickly do you need to sell? Why are you selling? Those sorts of things yeah. are 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 crucial. And if you don't if you don't get to the seller's motivation, you're absolutely right. Every every conversation is going to be incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. And and you'll turn around and say this marketing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it might not have been the marketing. It might have been you were asking the wrong questions. Uh, you weren't building enough rapport with the seller. Um, there's a, there's a hundred reasons, and that's why you know it's it's important to to be a student of marketing and the sales. Um, those kind of go hand in hand together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I'm kidding, listeners. I'm not actually going to slap you. I can just see, I can just see, you know, the station getting a getting a complaint about Vina threatening violence over the radio to her listeners. Well, Vina, I'm not kidding. One time, I had a client in one city call me and say, "I get tons of buyers, but I can't find any sellers. There's no sellers here. <laughs> sellers, nobody says yes." And I'm not kidding. A couple hours later, I got a call from somebody that said, "I got tons, tons of, of sellers, sellers and no, no buyers, buyers in the same city." <laughs> I said, I wish I could have recorded these calls, you know, because <laughs> what is it? Is it it's one or the other, or is it both? I don't know. No, it's uh, you're, you're very, very true. You're you're very, very right about that. Um, actually, we just got another we just got another question that came in from uh, Josie, who's in Georgia, and she it's wow. got kind of related to what Tara said. She said she says. Sometimes I notice that one of my marketing campaigns mysteriously drops off drastically in response rate for weeks or months at a time, then will just as mysteriously pick back up. Any explanation? You know, I see the same thing happen in when people are making offers on the MLS. You know, um, I, I'm not, I don't do a lot of that. I, I probably should. Um, but I, I see that a lot from very successful investors, and they know the game. But they'll be making offers on the MLS, and all of a sudden they just get like a bunch of them accepted. And then they'll go through two, three months of a complete drought, nothing getting accepted. And it's, you really, it's too hard to explain. Nobody really knows why. It's just the market changes. Maybe the banks change some of their rules or whatever. Um, you know, if it's something like direct mail, though, direct mail is pretty reliable, pretty consistent, it's a steady eddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might want to look if it's direct mail. If it completely drops off, you might want to check to make sure the phone number is still working that's on your postcards, or you might want to make sure that whoever is supposed to be printing and delivering your postcards is actually sending them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's why I'm I'm probably direct mail. I'm the biggest fan of direct mail mm-hmm. because that is pretty it, it is pretty consistent. It's always worked. It always will work. Um, and I sometimes wonder if if some of the reason and I you know I'm just uh, completely subjective, <laughs> so no, nobody take this as uh, being you know the rule. 
sometimes I wonder if maybe one of those big seminars came through town and told everybody yeah. at the seminar to to go after pre-foreclosures. And so all of a sudden yeah. the pre-foreclosures are getting five times as much mail. And then those people drop off because they didn't get a deal from their first five calls. And so that's why mm-hmm. it picks back up again. You know, the, 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 who, who knows what the exclamation is, the, the explanation is, but Josie, congratulations for not dropping the mailing when the yeah. response rate drops, because I've seen a lot of people do that. They just say, Oh, this doesn't work anymore. So mm-hmm. good for you, Josie, for not doing that. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Contact us with your questions about marketing to sellers at 877-772-9658 or via email, go to askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm going to give you all a different email address to uh, send your questions to because uh, my computer battery just died, and I just noticed that the little thing on the end of the cord that 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 goes into the computer to charge it is not on the end of the cord. So uh, I have no way of receiving your questions at askvina.com. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you to send them to askvina at gmail.com, askvina at gmail.com, or just give us a call. Be friendly. Eight seven seven. Seven seven two nine six five eight. The topic today is finding motivated sellers through marketing and my guest is joe mccall if you'd like to see joe at the 2013 national new strategy summit here in cincinnati uh time's running out you need to go to wmkvfm.org scroll about halfway down the first page there's a way that you can uh, pledge and get a ticket to that four-day event that uh biggest event in the country for real estate investors and uh, we'd certainly love to see you there, wmkvfm.org. Um, I wrote down a couple of questions, Joe, before yeah. uh, I before my computer completely died. <laughs> and uh, one was from Michael. He says, how do you manage the follow-up, and with what frequency do you follow up? Great question. I can't tell you how important follow-up is. You know, I'd say probably half of my deals are going to come from follow-up. The, the best list that you'll ever find of sellers is your follow-up list. People who have, you have talked to in the past. No just means not yet. Everybody's going to want to sell their home someday. So no means not yet. And so what I like to do um, is, and I don't do this all the time like I should, but I'm, I'm working on it. Every time I talk to a seller, I like to send them a follow-up letter and an actual contract. Something that they can hold in their hands and keep if they change their mind or something happens in another couple months. Like my letter just says, hey, Mr. Smith, it was great talking to you about your house at 123 Main Street earlier today. I understand you don't want to sell it now, but if circumstances change, I'm here for you. My offer still stands. Just give me a call. Okay, It's a real friendly letter, professional letterhead and all that. And I'll actually include a contract in there. I mean, if I you know, come up with an approximate number, I'll write it in there. Sometimes I just leave it blank. But the key is follow-up. And so um, I, it's really important you have a, a CRM or a database to track your leads, and that's a whole other subject that I could talk about. But it's, that, that's important to have. Follow-up is really important. And then if they say no, um, I would send them – I would create a separate list of everybody that you've talked to, other even if you didn't talk to them, you just, you know, they just called you and then hung up. Um, 
I would keep a list of all of those people and just send them a postcard once a month. Once a month. So they called you for some reason. There was some little inkling they had to call you about whatever your marketing was. Mm-hmm. So follow-up is really, really important. Many times sellers don't even respond until they get the third or fourth postcard. It's the third or fourth touch before they pick up the phone and say, okay, I'm interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so two kinds of follow-up. One is to the people who didn't respond, and then another one is to the people who did respond. And I, yes. I've, I've tried a zillion follow-up systems for the people who did respond, and I mean, there's some that I, just, I never follow up with because they have no reason to be motivated to sell. They they were mm-hmm. just they were curious. They've got all the time in the world. They, you know, they they have a great house. They don't you know have no no. They just called out of curiosity about you know what I would pay. Uh, but right. the, but the ones who either um, you know were close but not quite there, or I think time is going to motivate them. Uh, the only thing that I have found that works for me is I pick a date three weeks out on my Outlook calendar and I put an appointment in there with the seller's phone number and the address and a reference to whatever it was we talked about. Uh, because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the idea of having to go back and look at the list in order to know who I'm supposed to be following up on has just not worked for me. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just not or- that organized. Um, we've got Robert from Detroit back on line one. Robert, welcome back. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think uh, my question, uh, and uh, Joe's uh, uh, use of the word momentum kind of applies here. Uh, in the beginning, um, because everybody, you know, has limited time, but in the beginning, you're going to put this, this massive action into place. And you're probably going to do that, but let's say, let's use the two or three months that you use, and it slowly starts to build. Well, sending the number of postcards and talking to people on Craigslist and, and calling property managers, uh, after a while, after that two or three months, the momentum is going to build, and you're receiving more responses than you can handle. So you get to a point where you've got a number of responses coming in, then you can start to taper off. And this massive action that you're doing, you can start to gradually get to a point where the smaller numbers uh, can, uh, can take over. You're not spending as much time, but you've got a, the numbers that, that you need to do whatever your goals are. Is, is, is that pretty much on target? Well, um, I'll tackle that. I think that you, you never want to slow down your marketing um, because if anything, you might just need to, you know, get a call center or hire an assistant to take the calls for you, uh, hire a local acquisitions manager or somebody to take those calls. Uh, you never want to slow down your marketing. Um, but the thing that happens is you, as the momentum builds and you get more and more leads, you can start cherry picking the best deals to keep for yourself instead of wholesaling them away. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many stories I have and, and friends that I have had are finding these incredible deals, these homes that are worth, I was just talking to a guy yesterday, this house uh, in, in Virginia is worth $140,000. He bought it for twenty, and it needed about $10,000 in cosmetics work. Okay? Now, he got that deal because... He consistently does his marketing every month. In fact, he's got it set up where it gets done for him in spite of him. That's how important it is to him. So he's developed mm-hmm. systems so that marketing gets done consistently every week. And he wouldn't have found that deal if he uh, had, a, had slowed down or stopped his marketing. Mm-hmm. 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 
So thank you very much uh, for your follow-up call, Robert. And uh, we have an, a, a, another couple of questions here that had come in. Uh, John, who is from Columbus, Ohio, says, all right, I understand that you believe in multiple marketing streams, but if you had to pick just one, which one would it be? <laughs> <laughs> trying to pin you down um, there, Joe. <laughs> well, it's got to be postcards. You know, uh, they're cheap, they're easy. And um, the great thing about direct mail, Vina, is you can select the exact neighborhood that you want, the exact type of house that you want, the school district. You could say, look, I want three bedrooms, one and a half baths in these zip codes um, that have a garage that is owned by an absentee owner or a landlord, or they've owned it for at least 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can be very targeted and laser-specific to where you send those postcards. And so I would send postcards. Let me also answer that if you don't have any money, okay, because a lot of people out there are just getting started. They don't have much money. They can't, you know, afford to send 500 postcards a week. I'll tell you what, my favorite marketing right now, besides Craigslist, (laughs) I love (laughs) Craigslist, is emailing realtors. Now, let me explain this a little bit because, Vina, this is powerful. I I like calling up property managers and realtors and just asking them, hey, do you have any deals? Um, you know, if it's a rental property and a realtor is advertising it for a tenant, I'll call that property manager or that realtor up and say, hey, you know, I'm an investor. I'm looking for homes in this area. Your client wouldn't be interested in selling their house possibly, would they? I mean, I'll let you represent me. So I'm telling the agent, look, you can represent me and get both sides of the commission if you work this deal out for me. I've never had a realtor get mad that I'd call him about that. And they'll say, well, you know, I don't know. He just bought it. Probably not. I said, well, do you have any other clients who might have a rental property that they would like to sell? And uh, a lot of times they'll say, well, let me think about it and get back to you. Well, here's what you do. You know, I'm not necessarily even all that interested in that particular deal that I'm calling about. I'm just interested in getting that realtor's contact information and getting their email address. And so what I do then is I ask the realtor, I'll say, look, can I just email you my contact information? And after you talk to the client or if you find any other deals down the road, let me know, would you? Yeah, sure, no problem. Because I'm gonna be I'm 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 gonna be giving them part of the commission if they bring me a deal. So now I have, you know, several hundred emails of realtors and property managers that I've talked to. All right. I email them my contact information. They're gonna forget who I am sixty seconds later. But what you do is every week you send out a simple one or two sentence email to all of the realtors and property managers in your database. And you say, hey, do you have any deals? I'm an investor. I'm looking for property. You know, do you have anything I can take a look at? Every week you send a simple two or three sentence email telling them, you know, one week it could be, hey, do you have any properties with lots of mold or foundation problems or termites or whatever, fire damage? Send me all your hard-to-sell properties. You know, I'm looking for deals. Do you have anything? You send out those emails every week, which costs nothing. You'll, you'll be amazed. Once you get a couple good realtors on your team and they know you're going to pay them a commission, they're going to start giving you leads. And that's a great, great source of marketing, which doesn't cost anything. Just a little bit of elbow grease. Mm-hmm. And you only need one successful deal under your belt to have marketing money. So Oh, and that's it's not that's a... another huge thing. 
you, you sorry, you've got to invest, reinvest your profits from your deals into marketing. I would take out 15% of every deal and plow it back into marketing. That's how you're going to grow your business. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, it's not a permanent state. I, I, I run across a lot of new investors who sort of, uh, they say, I'm going to market when I have money. Okay, so how do you think you're going to get the money mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you, right they don't they you, don't want it bad enough yeah if you have if you if you have if you have a hundred dollars you can send out you know if you if you get them done at the right places and at the right pl- prices you can uh send out what uh 250 postcards mm-hmm. and that's a good start and yeah. maybe that's the thing that makes you the deal along with the free stuff like uh, craigslist and so on uh, okay, so now that I have switched the address over to askveen at gmail.com, my phone is uh, lighting up with questions. And we have one here from Marty in Seattle who starts, could you please send me a copy of the contractor contract? Marty, go to askveena.com. Up at the top of the page, it says, get a simple contracting agreement, put in your name and email address and it will send it to you. Uh, He says, Joe, can you please discuss working with a personal assistant or a virtual assistant uh, to assist with the marketing? And we have about a minute and a half for you to answer that question, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, geez. My favorite website for virtual assistants is odesk.com. O-D-E-S-K.com. Odesk.com. You can find virtual assistants there. And also, second would be Craigslist. You know, f- look for somebody local. I'll t- I will say this real quick. There's a website called Work for My Mommy or Hire My Mommy or something like that. Um, a great resource to hire stay-at-home moms um, that are in the U.S. Check that out. Just Google Hire My Mom, I think is what it is. And uh, that's a great place to go. You'll pay a little more, but uh, you'll be, you know, putting money to a good cause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, always system, system, systems. You can't just hire somebody and say, yeah, answer my phone for me. There's, <laughs> there's got to yeah. be a questionnaire for them. What information are you looking for? What do you want them? How do you want them to contact you? How quickly do you want them to contact you after they've gotten a call? Lots of systems talk at the 2013 National New Strategy Summit coming up here November 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, featuring Joe McCall and 14 other national experts on topics that you need to know about wmkvfm.org is going to be your last chance to get a ticket by pledging to public radio at wmkvfm.org it's not expensive and it helps keep real life real estate on the air and helps you with your real estate career we'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then happy investing happy investing